Friends, this is Dr. Morrison from HBM Ministries. And as we're approaching the Easter season, I want to give God thanks for his blessings, his goodness, his mercies to all of us. Today I want to speak to you on a subject, breakable yet usable. And I want to Read a few verses of scriptures here. First verse of scripture that I'll read is going to be taken from Matthew chapter 26. And I'll read the, the 74th and the 75th verse. Then began he to curse and swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice, or three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Next portion of scripture I want to read to you is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 22 to 24. Verse 22 said, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourself also know. Him being delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Let me read verse 24. Whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. My friends, these words here are from Peter. And we read earlier on of him denying Christ. Many years ago, there was a program that was started in the United States. It's known as the recycling program. There were times when we would have glass bottles, as you know it, and we would drink from them and throw them away because for us, they meant nothing. Well, the program came up in such a way that those same bottles, along with other bottles, plastic bottles, could be recycled and be used again. And we see that today that they're being recycled and they are being used again. There's an old saying, one man's trash is another man's treasure. 
How true is that? I don't know, but seems to find some reality in this case. We notice that in the book of Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus saw Peter and his brother Andrew by the Sea of Galilee, casting their net, and Jesus said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I want you to note carefully, not fishers of things or fishers of programs, fishers of men. I don't know where the church get it from, that they must be involved in all the affairs of the community and make their voices be known and get so much involved and so overlapped into things that they seem to have lost the message of the cross. The message of the cross is salvation. And I'll tell you something today. Jesus never told Peter, follow me and just be blank. I'm going to make you fishers of men. The first call of the church, my friends, is soul winning. Not program winning. Not trying to get involved in other things. It's a, a specific task that the church have in a community in this world. And that's soul winning. And how many have gone off into other things. Missed the more, most important thing that Jesus died on the cross for. For the salvation of all. So Jesus called these men. Peter. And the rest of the disciples later on, he gathered them all to make them fishers of men. We also notice that later on, Jesus told those same men that you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. We notice also in Matthew chapter 16, 16, that Peter confessed Jesus to be the Christ. And Jesus asked him, who do you say I am? He said, thou art the Christ. Then we go on to Matthew 17 and we notice Peter again in light. He's again noticed here on the Mount of Transfiguration. When he was up there with Jesus, the other disciples, he said, Master, let's make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. In Luke chapter 22, verse 31, we notice Jesus telling Peter what Satan desired to do to him. He said, Satan desired to sift you as wheat. But the Lord said to Peter, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And after I have prayed for you and you recover or being converted, you must go and strengthen the brethren. When Jesus said that to Peter, Peter completely ignored what Jesus said. And he went on to another scene, another chapter. And he said, listen, Lord, I am ready to go with thee in prison and to death. My friends, 
John chapter 18 verse 10, we see when Judas and the bands of men came to Jesus, including the high priest was there, they came to capture Jesus. Peter pulled off, pulled a sword out and cut off the ear of Marcus. Jesus told him, put away your sword. Here's what we have here, my friends. Peter seems to develop from the time he met Christ and find himself on some type of hype. He seemed to have a narcissistic personality. It was all about him and showing himself and being in the spotlight and being the voice for everybody else and even want to outvoice Christ. He was on a hype. He was on a high. He felt very good because he was with Christ. But we notice in Matthew chapter 26, verse 69 to 75, things change. And I'll tell you something today. Mr. Big Shot, Mr. Noidal, Mr. Important, Mr. All that you think that you are, there comes a time in your life when things change. When you get down to that low ebb, when you're being broken, Peter was being broken right here in Matthew chapter 6, 26, verse 69 to 75. A change came. One of the things that people cannot deal with today is changes. Some people are afraid to face it. Some people want nothing at all to do with it. Some people react violently in hostility in changes. Because what? Changes seems to upset your life in some way or the other. Changes makes you have some type of adjustment in some way or the other. Changes are not something that people want in the workplace. They don't want it in their life. They don't want it in their home. They don't want it in their family. They don't want it in their finance. It's a frightening thing. What we notice Peter was dealing with here is a change that came to him from that high to a low. He is now going to experience something that he never thought would happen. I must say to you today, tough men do have a point, a breaking point in their life. Tough men do have a time when they must come to their knees, if they don't come now, they'll come later. My friends, something is going to bring, to bring you to your knees. As tough as you think you are, as macho as you think you are, as strong as you think you are, as the bully that you think you, you are, something is going to bring you to your knees someday. And when you come to that point, my friend, Nobody's going to be able to help you. God will position you in such a way that the only person that is left to call on is God. Oh, God, help me. We have seen that today. Around our communities, in our families, all over. Men and women who have lived it up. 
who thought nothing was ever going to happen to them, they fall to their knees today because they're on the lowest ebbs of life. What Peter experienced here from such a narcissistic personality, he's now going to experience anxiety because he followed Jesus all the way, told Jesus that he's going to be with him. Now Jesus is being captured, is brought before Pilate and brought before the high priest and brought before the crowd to be judged. Peter is saying in the courtroom, I do not know this man. He's denying Christ. He is saying, I've never had anything to do with him. And it's three times that he did that. My friend, that was Peter's breaking point. And when he did that, the cock crowed three times. Peter remembered what Jesus told him before, and he went out crying. He went from a narcissistic personality into anxiety is some emotional mess his life has changed because jesus the one who he was depending on who kept him high who he boasted in who he was so proud to be around was now taken into captivity and peter went into an emotional state terribly emotional state develop anxiety my friends i want to ask many of you today because you have dropped from a high to a low and somehow it's affecting you emotionally some of you may go on into depression some into some anxiety some gone into worries some react violently some are taking it out of somebody else who had nothing to do with their problem. All because there is a change from a high to a low. Well, I'll tell you something, my friends. God must bring you there. That's where you are going to make some decisions. That's where you're going to find your help. It's not in things that surround you. That's where you're going to find out who your help is. David found it out when he got there. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. And here we have Peter right in the same position, not knowing where to go because his master is taken. And now he's in a terrible emotional state. Listen to me. What brings on this anxiety? This anxiety comes to every last one. What caused it? is fear and unbelief he went into anxiety because his master all that he hoped in and hoped for is now gone but i'll go on a little further to tell you some things and i don't have enough time to give you this message in its fullness but i'll do some bus stops you can pick it up from there when peter got into anxiety he ran away he went into hideout with the rest of the disciples. He went into fear. The Lord Jesus was taken up 
to the cross, crucified, and was buried. No more shout from Peter. Instead of a shout, instead of being boastful, he is now fearful. And he is behind walls with the rest of the disciples hiding. Are you there today? Are you hiding because something traumatic happened in your life and you don't know how to shake it? You don't know what to do with it? I can tell you where to place it. You can come to the foot of the cross. You can find Jesus there. No matter what it is. And if it's a sin that you got yourself into that you don't know how to rope yourself out of it. He said, though your sins be scarlet, I shall make them as white as snow. You don't have enough strength and enough energy to deal with your sins. You cannot forgive sins. Only Jesus Christ can forgive them. My friends, if you are at that spot, if you are at that place, and you're confused on how you handle things, my call to you today is to come to the foot of the cross. That's where the problem will be resolved. You ask me how God is going to resolve him, resolve it? God knows exactly what to do with you when you come there. You may be coming there for one thing, but God changes it into something else that is more important for you. But bring it to the foot of the cross. That's where it will be dealt with. Jesus is now off the cross and is in the tomb, in the grave. Hear me, my friends. Peter is in hiding. He's emotionally messed up. And he's in hiding with the rest of the disciples. As a matter of fact, he said to the disciples, when they didn't know what to do, he said, I go fishing. And the disciples, other disciples said, I'll go with you. This is what happened, my friend. Misery breeds misery. And misery loves company. You find somebody, when you're down and out, when you're in despair, when you're in dilemma, Find somebody who is going to lift you up and who will help you. Don't look for someone who is going to accompany you in your misery. It's not going to help you. What you need at this moment is a lift, a help. You need the problem to be resolved. And there will be somebody who can say, listen to me, my friend. You can't handle it. This master, Jesus Christ, the Savior, the Son of the living God, if you cast all your cares upon him, he will handle it. Find somebody who can lead you spiritually. Guide you to where the problem will be resolved. Don't go around telling it to all kinds of people because not everyone is going to help you. Some are going to encourage you more in the problem. When Peter was gone hiding, Jesus is in the grave. Now, I want to say this to you today. While Christ was in the grave, he was in the grave Friday to Saturday, resurrected the third day. They were accustomed to Sabbaths. It's only since the death of Christ and the resurrection we worship on the Sunday. Call it the resurrection day. But before the Sabbath was instituted, and that's what everyone knows in that Old Testament, the Sabbath day, the Sabbath day. But when Christ was in the grave, 
It was one of the worst Sabbath that was ever carried out since the Sabbath was instituted. Why is it the worst Sabbath? Let me say to you today, Jesus was in the grave. Peter was in, hi was in hiding with the rest of the disciples. And it was a terrible moment for everyone. Here's one of the reasons, things that happened. The Sabbath was going on, but the Lord of the Sabbath was in the grave. Now, I don't know how many people today who are carrying on service when Christ is not in it. They're having church and the Spirit of God is not in it. It's just a club. They're doing things to say that they have something. Christ is not in it. That's why we have so many issues and so many problems with churches. And so we can't even get the problem solved outside of the churches because Christ was in the grave on the Sabbath day. But the high priests were carrying on the Sabbath. A Sabbath without Christ. A church without Christ in it. Number one. Number two. The high priest had the blood of Jesus Christ on their hand on the Sabbath day. They were teaching, but they had already took part in the giving up of Jesus Christ to be crucified. Can I ask many of you today, are you serving your Christ? Are you loving him? Or are you still crucifying him by disobeying him, by not listening to his word? Anytime you disobey the voice of God, you take him out of your business and out of your church and out of your fears of life, my friends, you're telling, you're telling him, I don't need you to help me. You're telling him exactly what the soldiers did to him. We can crucify you. We don't need you around. We can carry things on ourselves. We don't need you to come here and want to change things. Are you kidding me? We don't need you. You have many people today who are living a dangerous life. Christ is in this grave and they're carrying on. A life without Christ is a dangerous life. Except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that builds it. And young man, young woman, mister, businessman, and all of you who are listening to me today, you must invite the Savior not just in your business. First of all, he must be in your life. Because if you get him in your life, you'll get him in your business. I don't see how they could have carried on business and Sabbath without the Lord of the Sabbath involving it. The question is asked, well, what kind of Sabbath is that? That's the question we ask today. What kind of life am I living? A life where Christ is not in it. He has no say in anything I do. I just keep on going. Hear me today. If you keep on going and you ignore the Christ, the Son of God, and you ignore the blood of Jesus Christ, it may take you a little while, my friends, but you are going to run yourself in the ground and you're going to find out I cannot do it my way. It doesn't work. You will find out that script by Frank Sinatra, I do it my way. You'll find out it doesn't work. You need Christ to direct your paths. You need the living God to direct 
your life to the wreck your fears. You don't need to go on without him. And on that day when Jesus was in, in the grave and the Sabbath was going on, I could tell you today, there was nothing at all religious or spiritual, as a matter of fact, about what they were doing. Might look religious and custom, but there was no Christ, no God involved in it. And that's one of the big problems that we're facing today. Peter ran, and now he's in fear. That's a third problem, hiding away. What is that going to say? The man who Jesus depended on. Because when he called him and he was with him, he said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church. This man now is in an emotional distress and disbelief because all that Jesus told him and showed him, Peter is now in question and felt like he's in shame. All because his emotion brought him there because he didn't believe nothing. Had he believed, he would have taken it the other way and say, listen, even though they crucified my Christ, my master, I know he will live again. I know he will reign again. But instead, his unbelief drove him behind the walls with the rest of the disciples. You think that would finish there? It's not going to stop there. Jesus Christ have a way of showing up again. And let his presence be felt and to let you know that the God that you taught was not here. He is alive and he's well and he's here in your business if you allow him in. My friends, the Bible said that Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, came down to look for Jesus at the tomb. Hear me today. When they got there, they found out he was not there. But look at the problem before they got there. They never thought of when they were leaving, who is going to roll a stone away. They never thought of the soldier that was going to watch the tomb and how they're going to get around him. They left, but when they came there, see, when you press, when you continue to go, amazingly, Mary, those Marys, even though they know Christ was dead, they love him. And something in them tell them, you got to be consistent in what you believe. Believe him when he's alive. Still believe. Now he's dead. They came to the tomb. Stone was rolled away. They saw a man at the tomb, an angel. They said it's a young man sitting at the right hand, symbolic of what Jesus is doing in, he in heaven. And he gave them a message. Go tell my disciples and Peter. You know why he said, and Peter? Peter's emotion was a mess and he was living with a guilt. Lived with a guilt for a long time, hours since the crucifixion of Christ. But he said, go tell him. Why? Because Jesus wants him. You may be breakable. You are breakable, my friends. But you're usable. And I don't care how far you have gone, young man. Mr. 
I don't care, young lady, how far you've gone in your sin and your mess. You are usable. The hands of God is reaching out to meet you where you are in that mess. Something that you thought you'd never get out of. The hands of God are coming to you and are stretching out, saying to you, you are breakable, but yet you're usable. That's not the end of your road. That gutter that you're laying in, that sin that you're sleeping in, day in, day out, that trouble that you're having, day in, day out, it's breaking you. But my friends, you are usable. God wants to use you. He's allowing you to experience that for a reason. Because you're going to be used again. Your day is not done. Weeping may endure for a season, but joy comes in the morning. That's not the end. If you would allow God to break through in that situation, and get, you get allow him to get to the root of the problem, my friends, you'll see how things change for you. And I'm not talking about just things around you. Your life, your doubtful life, your unbelief, it will change. God will help you to come back because he needs you. I pray today that you may give God a chance in your life. I'll have to continue this another time. But that you may give him a chance in your life that you may be used. Because you are usable even when you are breakable. Father, thank you today for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.